are the days of good and evil. The desire for revenge transcends all moral bounds and is powerful enough to turn the benevolent into machines of destruction. For the warriors in whom we place our trust are immersed in a new kind of fight for a cause they may not understand against an enemy they can't predict. In a war, they won't win. Goldberg, you were a disgrace for the very industry that I revolutionized. I watched you skate your way by with a multi-million dollar company at your back, beating nobody after nobody. Make no damn mistake about it. I will beat your ass. Goldberg, when I look into your eyes, I see a man pretending to be something he's not. Pretending to be a wrestler. Pretending to be a superstar. Pretending... You and me! ...to be Triple H. One-on-one! And tonight... That World Heavyweight title is mine! I will end the joke that is your career. Triple H! Goldberg, believe the hype. You don't belong in the same company as me. And after tonight... You won't be... WWE Unforgiven. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 32 of the Ruthless Aggression Era podcast. The only place where we decipher and dictate the era that rose out of the ashes of attitude and delivered us Shane McMahon jumping off something really, really high. As it's time for yet another Raw branded, I want to say house show, because <laughs> it feels like it. Raw branded pay-per-view as it's time for Unforgiven 2003. As always, I'm your host Dave Burnham and joining me is Big Sexy himself, Michael Rag. It's gotta be better than bad blood, yeah. Please. You, see, you think so, <laughs> don't you? Oh, Is it gonna be as good as Vengeance? I don't know. No. I don't know, but I know one thing that Shane McMahon jumps off something really, really, really high. Yes, still uses on a debut. SummerSlam is the exception. SummerSlam was the exception, so say it's been a couple of weeks since we last recorded. How are we? How have we been? What have we been up to? You got a new job, haven't you? I don't think we've discussed the, to the people. You're now working in the call centre. Pretty much. <laughs> How I don't I... call people, they call me. You're through to Big Sexy. How can I assist you today? I'm going to use that next. <laughs> Did you watch? Fucking crown jewel. Ooh, I think it's what a time to touch on it. Oh my lordy. Oh my lordy. It, it, Very green. Fucking hell, wasn't it just? Uh, it didn't surprise me that they went ahead with it because the, the figures involved like something stupid, like five, six hundred million that they're getting for ten years uh, working with the sports authority within Saudi Arabia. And um, it was B on them. But then there's... I heard it was a billion, not a million. Oh, is it? Well, it could have been. It could, it, it, money, money's money, money talks. to Vince, yeah. Money That's talks. the thing, like, there was pyro. Everybody got pyro. Everyone didn't just get pyro. Everyone got WrestleMania-level pyro. It's like, I'll do pyro if somebody else is paying for it. WrestleMania 24 pyro. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Like, The Miz. The Miz came out for his first-round match, and he got pyro at the start. And then when he went onto the ropes to do his pose, he got circular stadium pyro. It's like, oh my lordy! Uh, but the event in in general, it was 
It was all right. I yeah. I didn't. I wasn't as annoyed as a lot of people have been. Um, the, the finishes to like the best in the world was fucking brilliant. Vince McMahon is the biggest troll in the world. The best in the world, Shane McMahon. The best in the world is <coughs> our show tonight. He's fighting a mayor. <laughs> um, what about seeing Shawn Michaels, the bald fuck? Gilbert. Oh, my lord. Eh? Oh, my lord. Eh? Do you know what yeah, really man. got me? And it really annoyed me. Like they, they interviewed Shawn Michaels after the event, and he said, nah, this is me done. I can't see me doing this ever again. Unless, obviously, Sally's come back with another couple of million and that. He'll jump at the chance. Uh, but I can understand why. When you probably really didn't want to do it anyway, but money's money and fuck it. But you did his moonsault. And Shawn Michaels, he's, don't get me wrong, he looked in fucking brilliant shape. Brilliant shape to say he's been out of the ring for so long. Mm. Um, but that moonsault, trip, uh, Undertaker and Kane just like parted like the sea. And he went splat right on the floor. Why aren't you catching him? Fuck me. It's fucking like I was talking to the missus when, because the missus, she was sat watching Saudi Arabia with me. Uh, and she was, to be fair, she was blown away with the comfort. I, I'm all of the people that weren't even fucking paying attention to what was going on, on screen. Like, they even showed one kid on, like, well, like a DS or something like that. I wanted to jump from the telly and fucking strangle oh, the cunt. Yeah, it's wrestling, man. Get Start watching. Hulk Hogan was... Well, not even touched. Hulk Hogan was there, brother. Oh, my lord, brother. He come out to tell his brother something, did a couple of pauses and fucked off. The host of the show. And we saw him at the start. So we made you 30. <laughs> but yeah, it's weird. Wrestling's weird at the minute. WWE's weird at the minute. Yeah. Really weird at the minute. Like the, the Well, the best in the world is a fucking commissioner. Brock Lesnar is now Universal Champion once again, and it looks like that like Daniel Cormier has won his UFC fight, and then he's saying, Brock Lesnar, bring the WWE, bring the Universal title to UFC. I want to be WWE Champion. He's like, really? Are they actually like really going to work together on this? I don't but Brock, I wonder if he's going to turn up a couple of times more than he did before. We really can't be going back to this. No. A year-long fucking reign of him turning up when he fucking feels like... It's not when he feels like, it's when they, if someone's coming to you, and I've always sided, I'll sit in Brock's corner, me. I think, why wouldn't you, right? So a company comes up and says, we'll pay you 10 million quid, but you've only got to appear four times a year. Oh, yeah, all right. Are we going to kill eyeballs? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I bet that's all he does. He fucks Sable and he just rips deers to pieces. <laughs> He's got all this, all these guns in his collection. He don't need them. He don't need them. He suplex cities <laughs> all his deers. Just runs up, chases him, clotheslines him. <laughs> F5. So, did you watch Sunday Night Pre-Show? No, but I heard about Main it. Main event Maven versus Rick the Model Short and Stevie Richards. I do love his pink tights. He wore them. He needed them. He fought. He lost. Main event Maven. Victorious. Of course. Can you remember last time Stevie Richards won a match? I don't think he's ever won one in our, la in, in our lifetime. In our timeline. Probably not. <laughs> Stevie Richards has not had a win. Probably from... Well, to be fair, he's like 75,000 time holder of the hardcore title. So he probably did get a win not long ago. If you think the hardcore title, we only got rid of it a year ago, maybe. Yeah. But a legit, but, a legit win. <laughs> the hardcore title was 24 7. I miss the hardcore title so much. So you could win it, turn around, and get pinned. Like we said, like we said when we got rid of the hardcore title, um, it was you're taking away such a fun element for all your mid card. Something for them to chase towards, just something for them. Yeah, just a reason for a lot of them to be around and not get to put in just nonsense tag team affairs. Yeah. But anyway, let's talk by rates. So, 
to get you up to speed. Bad blood, can you remember? 385,000 buys because of the Foley effect. Vengeance, 365 buys. SummerSlam, 465 buys. Well, 1,000, obviously. And Unforgiven, 360,000 buys, which, to, from the reports from Meltzer and his cohorts, which is seen as quite a success. So we are live in Hershey, Pennsylvania. It's uh, 21st of September. The attendance... A 10,347 with a gate receipt of $560,000. So even at 10,000, they're still making half a million quid, well, half a million dollars, purely in um, just gate receipts alone. So they're still making a bit of, a bit of coin there, aren't they, really, to be fair? They're doing one, pumping one of these out every four weeks. Never mind how much they charge for the big shows. Um, what did you make to the opening video package? Because we get the grizzly old woman, she's back. Um, reckon it's Linda? Probably. <laughs> Cost-cutting and that, they get Linda to do it. She goes, so the grizzly old woman, she goes, gone are the days of good and evil. The desire for revenge transcends all moral bounds and is powerful enough to turn the benevolent to machines of destruction. Basically saying that tonight, Kane is going to get his ass handed to him by Shane McMahon. But as opening video packages go, I tend to enjoy the packages more than I do with the pay-per-view sometimes. Uh, this one, yeah, this definitely. one. Uh, get to a little bit later, the video package with Test and Steiner. Yeah. Well, that was fucking exceptional. It was like a mania video package. It was, it like, was only the second match. It was like a video package for main event guys. It wasn't a, a video package for two mid-carders who have had a feud that's gone on for like nine months. Uh, yeah, it's gone on for a long fucking time, that's for sure. The official theme song for the show is An Enemy by Seven Dust. I've heard of Seven Dust. Did uh, you hear the track before the, they're watching the show? Nope. As I said, then we're live from Hershey, Pennsylvania. It's the 21st of September 2003. Your hosts for what could be their last night, JR and the King. And how do you know that JR's wrestling tonight? Because he's wearing gear. He's wearing his fucking famous fighting gear of the old Boomer Sooners uh, American football jersey, which is quite a nice top, actually. I did look at it. It's quite a nice. It's something that I'd imagine Cena to wear. Yeah. <laughs> probably the same size as well. <laughs> yeah, he loves love his baggy tops. And it probably fits like slimline on JR. <laughs> pyro fucking city to start. Um, I loved how after the pyro finished, the Unforgiven logo was still on fire. Yeah. That was brilliant. It stays on fire. I don't do that anymore. Didn't they do that like ages ago with The Rock at WrestleMania? Didn't he fucking have... Was it not his WrestleMania when he was the host? That was... Uh... I'm sure it was. Not when he was the host in Mania. I'm sure it was. And he lit it. Did he not have a flamethrower? And he lit yeah. the sign that then said The Rock on fl in flames. I don't know. Sure. All WrestleMania is about like last 10 years of all time. once, yeah. yeah. Did you get the sound effect? Yes, I did. So like, I heard it first when JR was over. To, uh, we're talking over when they were showing shots of the crowd, and you know, they always show you the location in the top right, left-hand corner. And it went, and I was like, "What's that?" And then it shut when JR was shown. Uh, JR and Jerry then, went when the Macarena boys were shown. Everyone got the Spanish that. Spanish Oh my god! So we cut to after JR introduces us to the show. We cut to old Hugo and Carlos. Obviously, last time out, they were wearing identical cream tops. This time, they're wearing these identical black numbers. Instantly, I thought, either like Spanish Mafia, 
Spanish waiters are like Spanish bouncers because they stood outside the fucking. They stood outside WWE New York's got bouncers and it's fucking Hugo and Carlos. Hey amigos, no en no enter, no enter. Billy Gunn inside. Too many people. <laughs> Too many people. Billy Gunn. <laughs> Our only match of the night is Raw Tag Titles. La Resistance and Rob Conway. There. Three Bellends and shit shirts, but I like how they've not put Conway in the, the Resistance gear. Yet. I must say I like that yet. Against the Dudley Boys, and this is going to be a handicap match due to the fact that Spike Dudley nearly died. Yeah. But it is for the world titles, as I say. Uh, the tag titles, sorry. Um, can you see the Dudleys walking away? As, uh, will this make them 17 times tag champions, I believe, if they yeah, win this? it would if they win. Uh, going in, you would, I wouldn't have thought so. I think going uh, in, it's it's just been rinse and repeat with this storyline. All this has got now is the added element of Spike and Tables, but then Spike's out because obviously they tried to kill him in that manslaughter. <laughs> missing the table completely. Yeah. Introducing first. At a combined weight of 555 pounds, the team of Bubba Ray Dudley and Devon Dudley. This is a really scheduled to be a six-man tag team tables match, but we'll show you why. Little Spike Dudley has been removed from this match due to an injury. This was two weeks ago, King. Yeah, that, that was one injury. I mean, I I still say, and every time I see that, I just cringe. I've never really seen anything quite that bad until, of course, they, they did another number one last Monday night. Eric Bischoff first five done the rest of the fired. He was in no condition to compete. And Rob Conway, the newest associate of Law Resistance, finished little strike off. He's unable to participate tonight because of those injuries. Uh, so the match itself, Renee slugs out with Devon to start, but he gets bulldogged. Devon gets a shoulder block and a slam onto Conway and hits a leg drop. The Dudleys double team in the corner and Bubba hammers away. Bubba then sends the other two into a corner and splashes all three of them at once in a spot that I always say every time has got to hurt fucking everybody. Yeah. Everybody, especially the middle guy if there's three of them. Do you think, well, no, well, he's the second guy if there's four of them with Bubba running in. He's taking the brunt of everything. I think the back guy, maybe, by the time the force gets through to you, the one at the back, well, it doesn't take us... I might think I'm overlooking this completely. Too much size. Yeah, but it's one of my favourite spots. Because I, what level of pain do you suffer in what level? It makes sense to me. Rob Conway in now and he grabs a sleep hold, but Bubba suplexes him and brings Devon back in. Um, he cleans the house with the usual and gets a net breaker on Conway and a clothesline on Dupree, setting up a double net breaker onto Conway. Uh, this sets up the what's up onto Grandier and it's time for tables. But the evil French then cut him off at the pass and uh, they whip Devon through a table in the corner and apparently that now counts as an elimination. I don't believe that ever has before. Yeah. I think I, I always thought the rule had to be you had to physically put somebody through a table, not throw them into a table. Do you pick up that J.R. and King said this is not an elimination match, but they contradict themselves by saying every member of his team has to go through they, They've got their minds on more important matters. 
They've got their livelihoods at stake. Yeah, they still be doing a job. Their livelihoods at stake. How can they focus on some shitty tag team match they've already seen 15 times in the last yeah, six true. weeks? Just because this table's in now doesn't fucking heighten the sense of fucking paying attention that Jay Harley King have got a minute. We get some heel miscommunication that leads to a bubble bomb on Dupree, and the Dudleys toss Dupree through a table outside, and he smashes his head into a second table a la Spike Dudley. Yeah. Ouch. When will these people ever fucking learn? Grandier grabs the flag and misses and gets laid out for his trouble. Dupree comes back to clothesline them both, but sets up another table, and a 3D ends the reign of hell in around 10 minutes. Yes, young Dupree may have just answered your question. It doesn't look good for the Dudleys now, but at least it is. Down to one member of each team needs to go through a table. Dupree's only 19 or 20 years of age. He's a young pup. We're up to now. Look at Lippard. What's putting Neva on through a table? Won't count. lack of effort from the Dudley side like you've still got Bubba dressing up in his pyjamas yeah Devon's the only one that actually looks like a Dudley boy you've got Spike I, I think the added element of Spike in this match if he'd not got injured would have just been Spike going through a table early doors in some random fucking Spike Dudley doing his bollocks are bigger than anybody's spot do you know what I mean for a small bloke toss me as far as you want as high as you want I'll go for it do you know what I mean yeah. like that spot where even if he'd not hurt his head that spot against uh, La Resistance when he threw him through the table, that would have fucking hurt. They are two of you press slamming you onto your back from maybe 10, 11 10 feet, foot drop through that table that's not going to fucking take that much of the weight off the land. And then you're hitting that foot. Fuck that. I think I've got rip my head. But first match of the night, over and done with, new tag team champions, Dudleys. Who are they going to feud with next? My mind says the, the superheroes. Or Rodney Mack and Mark Henry. Thugging and Buggin. Thugging and Buggin, maybe. Probably the only other heel tag team. Yep. Because, yeah. But as a way to open the show, uh, give it a Meltzer rating out of five stars. A Meltzer rating? <laughs> uh, well, it's WWE, so it's got to be less than five. <laughs> <laughs> Up next, we get the promo that we spoke about at the start. The Ready Powers explode once more. Um... Now, the promo is presented to you by Suffocate by Cold, who was the band that did the Remedy song. Mm -hmm. um, I quite liked how this was presented. We spoke about it a bit ago. It was fucking... That is like a main Great event. Promo. That promo was... I don't want to compare... It, it made me think... The, nothing comes close, but it's Rock Austin. Yeah. It made me... It's the, how that was put together and presented. Granted, they've got a lot of material to work with. Like, this story goes all the way fucking back to, like... Judgment Day? Just, yeah, just after Mania. 
It was a long way back. Steiner was... It, it tricked my head into thinking that the build was good. Uh, I don't want to say the build was good, but... The, the, no, we tricked... The promo. Oh, yeah, it makes you think it's better than it was. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Like, the build itself has been five builds all rolled together. I think we started out as Test being a bit of a face and Stacey being the, the doting girlfriend. Oh, we started out with her flogging the testicle merchandise mm. and she was going to be the new representation for Test. Um, and then, obviously, you got the feud in there with Steiner. She saw potential in Steiner. Putting together as a tag team. Steiner just wanted to bang. Steiner just still then wanted to bang. Uh, we had Test, the tag team explosion. Uh, Test was angry at the affection that Stacy was causing, uh, showing Steiner. Steiner wanted to bang. Uh, they, yeah, had first, they had the first payoff. Uh, Test, Test lost. So you thought that's it. Stacy's the face now, the new manager. Nope, nope, nope. Test comes out and says, Well, you are still got a contract with me to be a manager. Steiner probably banged. Stacy managed them both. Test was a dickhead. We had another match on Raw. Test won. Stacy now became property. Test still wanted more of Steiner. Steiner wanted to bang again. And we come here tonight where if Test wins, Steiner, he doesn't still get Stacy as always, but he also gets Steiner as his bitch. And basically Steiner's going to have to watch them have sex. If Steiner wins, Steiner goes back to banging. Well, ladies and gentlemen, coming up, Scott Steiner versus Test. With a lot of the line about love, about betrayal, and about 12 minutes.
Shenandoah, did you pick up how he fucking exploded as Stacy made her entrance into the ring? Yes. He went, hey, pennies! And then he was silent for a couple of seconds. And then he went, oh gosh, I think I saw some more pennies as Stacy then did her bend over entrance. To which he said, I've seen Paris and I've seen Prince and I think I just saw Stacy's underpants. <laughs> and even JR couldn't hold in a little snigger. He went, and it's just a typical. Imagine if Jerry Lawler, 2003 Jerry Lawler, would have been on the commentary team at Evolution. Puppies! 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 Fucking amazing. We've had a puppies overlord. You know what I found funny though? Uh, JR listed all of Tess's accomplishments. <laughs> yeah. And then King said, uh, all his accomplishments only came after he got Stacy. Yeah. So he's been low mid cards since Invasion. Yeah. But like, yeah, but if you think he had loads of accomplishments, he was like... In the champion, 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 tag champion with Booker T yeah. in the Invasion storyline. European champion. He's done fucking loads. Fuck you. <laughs> he's done loads. This has been his downfall, getting with fucking Stacey Keebler. He's done nothing. He's... No, his downfall was not turning up to that fucking taping, that turn up to Raw. We keep saying this. He got bumped off Mania because of that, and it's been a downfall ever since. Yeah. It's, it's been that simple. It's his own fault. So the match itself, uh, Tess stomps on Steiner to start, but Steiner power slams him and starts chopping. Uh, them chops from Steiner are a bit. Hmm, I would like to. Have... Tess has got quite a lot of girth on the old chest, but ooh, they were yeah. pingers them from Steiner. Um, the ball outside as Tess hides behind Stacy. Uh, he then clubs Steiner from behind and sends him into the stairs. Back in, Steiner slowly starts to fight back, but a full Nelson slam gets two for Test, which used to be his finisher back in the day. Yeah, yeah that used to get oh, well, wins. Games. Yeah, that used to get wins. A corner clothesline allows Test for a bit more showboating, but Steiner keeps fighting back. We get a sleep hold, but Steiner again fights back, only to run into an elbow. Test goes up for whatever and lands into an overhead suplex from Steiner and makes the comeback with clotheslines and chops. Another belly to belly gets a two count, but Tess goes to the ice to set up a pump handle, which again used to be his finisher back in the day. Uh, on another SmackDown game. On another SmackDown game. Uh, Tess, he goes low and gets a two count because Stacy breaks up the pin. Steiner then next snaps Tess into an inverted DDT. Um, they gets a two count, which that was getting victories for Steiner at one point as well. Yeah, all the finishers, all the finishers are coming out tonight. And another pump handle slam attempt by Tess worked, but Stacy distracts him with her ass, and what an ass to be distracted by. Mm-hmm. Uh, Steiner rolls him up for a two count. Tess chases Stacy, who runs into Steiner, causing him to get laid out with a big boot for a two. Um, he exposes a turnbuckle and grabs a chair, but Stacy steals it. Chair shot Steiner by accident. Tess gives the fucking big boot, gets the victory in six minutes and 56. JR is fucking horrified. Yeah, he's got a chair! Got a darn minute here. This is. Tess will get himself disqualified. Hey! And Stacy. Oh! Stacy tried to. To dim the lights of Tess, but he ducked, and she inadvertently hit Scott Steiner. And this is another shot to the face. You've got to be kidding me. I'm speechless. I can't believe this. Here is your winner, Tess. So Tess retains Stacy's services, and by a result of the victory, he also now has acquired Scott Steiner as Tess. Property, as it was described to me. What could that mean? I don't know, but right off the bat, oh, look at this! Test forcing that bad breath on on Stacy, and she is 
Man, she's got to feel terrible. She tried to help Scott Steiner, and it just... Well, Bert, you're right. She tried to help by snatching that chair with the hit test. But Tess Duxon, poor Stacy blasted Freakzilla. I think the chair shot just kind of stunned Steiner, but that kick right to the face is what really did it. That was a knockout shot right there. And oh, poor Stacy. Poor Stacy King. What about poor Scott Steiner? Look. And what what fate awaits Scott Steiner now that he's test property? Wow. Two matches in. Oh, you know the worst thing is, no matter which way this was going to end, it was never going to be the end of this feud. No. If Steiner would have won, they would have been shenanigans because uh, Stacy's still contracted to uh, test. But we now roll in to another month. And this time this around, this is like we thought Kevin Nash and Triple H feud was bad because that didn't do anything. This feud at least is doing things, but it's going on forever. And ever. And, and ever. ever. And ever. We get WWE Home Video. Um, she's hot, she's sexy, and she wants you to watch. 100% satisfaction guaranteed. Have you ever seen it? No, but I, I saw seen it. But I heard Trish Stratus and Home Video in my mind. <laughs> Up next, in an oddly placed match in the card, I would have yeah. gone with this as the opener. Yeah. Shawn Michaels yeah. versus Randy Orton, Legend versus Legend Killer. King, I can only guess what it means to be test property for Scott Steiner. Well, like you said, there was quite the look of distress on not only Stacy Keebler's face, but Freakzilla's as well. Ugh. Well, we'll follow that story, no doubt about that. But ladies and gentlemen, coming up next, it's a legend versus a legend killer. The greatest in-ring performer as good as I've ever seen, Shawn Michaels against the man that may be the future of the WWE, Randy Orton King. I'll tell you what, it doesn't get any bigger than this. These two are going to finish it off some way tonight. Ladies and gentlemen, the great Randy Orton. Randy Orton, a third-generation superstar. He's a star on the rise. He looks like he's chiseled out of stone. He's a diamond in the rough. Well, he's a thoroughbred, no doubt about it. The business is in his blood. He's got success in his genes. The man has every gift that a man can be given. I'm a third-generation superstar. I am the evolution of this business. I'm making a name for myself, and that name is the legend killer, Randy Orton, legend killer. Oh, oh my God! You see a bad blood, I screwed the legend, Shawn Michaels. Oh, oh my God! Randy Orton put a chair shot on Shawn Michaels! Then at Madison Square Garden, I destroyed the hardcore legend, Mick Foley. Mick Foley knocked all the way down the stairwell. That arrogant young son of a bitch. You know, Shawn Michaels, all he is is the next legend that I'm going to kill. Kill. So you're going to be the man to kill off the legend of HBK. Nobody has ever, ever outperformed Shawn Michaels in a big match situation. If I had a nickel for every stiff that walked into this company over the last 16 years and said he was going to do that to me, oh, I would be a millionaire. Whoa, 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 wait a minute. I am a millionaire. 
of stiffs like you. The legend versus the legend killer. And then forgiven. I'm a third generation superstar. I'm going to kill off your career before it ever gets started. Guys like you, they're extinct. You and I have got some unfinished business. Shawn Michaels is the next legend I'm going to kill. Here's a little advice. If you're going to use me as a stepping stone, you better step hard. The build, as we've seen then, uh, going back to Bad Blood, Vic Flair defeated Shawn Michaels after Randy Orton interfered and hit Michaels with a steel chair. Uh, one month later, on July 21st episode of Raw, Jericho defeated Michaels in a singles match, their Mania rematch. Um, in the match, Orton interfered on Jericho's behalf by executing an RKO onto Michaels while the referee was distracted. And the following week on Raw, during Jericho's highlight reel talk show, Orton claimed that he had become a legend killer and that Michaels was going to be the next legend killed. Michaels then came out shortly after and the two started brawling. And on the September the 1st episode of Raw, Steve Austin announced that Orton would face off against Michaels at Unforgiven. And two weeks later, on September 15, uh, Orton told Michaels that he was going to use him as a stepping stone towards greatness. I'd be down with that. Yeah. Be down for that. If the RKO got the victory as it should have done. Really Michaels right was always Yeah, I was just gonna say Michaels was always gonna be the one with his with his back to the mat. But cutting to the end of the match before we get there, the shenanigans with the brass knocks and flair and all that, yeah, you could have had that, but the RKO should have still finished the match. Yeah. I enjoyed the build. Uh yeah, this is probably the best match of his career so far. Yeah. The finish should have been different. It should have been an RKO. That's, should have been that first RKO. It should have been an RKO. Should have just finished it there and then. But let's get into the match. Sean takes Orton down to begin with, and with a goal behind and a little bit of humiliation, which to be expected. Michael's instantly playing the role of the veteran against the. the uh, Sean takes Randy Orton down and then works a headlock, uh, which always really annoys me. I, I've, I've brought this up a hundred times. Where. 30 seconds. Orton goes up and lands in an atomic drop from Shawn Michaels, who clotheslines him out of the ring and skins the cat back in. Michaels follows Orton out of a high cross to the floor, tries to suplex him back in, but Orton reverses. Uh, Shawn reverses to a German suplex, but can't bridge properly due to his back and gets a two count. Michaels charges, but hits Orton's boot, allowing Orton to slug away, but Michaels fires back and they trade shots in the corner until the ref pulls Shawn away, allowing Orton to dodge a charge and Michaels hits the post. Uh, Flair though tries to gallantly help Sean back in, but his vision isn't what it used to be, and Sean accidentally collides with the post. That's the one I'm going at. That's what Flair was trying to do. He was trying to get Sean back in the ring, but he's getting a bit old now, and he threw him into the post instead. <laughs> Not having it? No. <laughs> Flair's dirty is playing in the game for a reason. He was just trying to roll him back in the he ring. Was... That's all he was trying he was to trying do. He was trying to help Lynn Randall. <laughs> <laughs> Orton sends Michael's shoulder into the post again and snaps the arm off the top. Uh, back in, he works on the arm with some nice stuff and hammer locks it into an armbar, but Sean fights out. Uh, Orton takes Sean down with an armbar takedown. Sean tries to fight out, but no avail. We get a small package for a two count. However, though, Sean does a little ground and pound and hits the flying forearm. Inverted atomic drop, and he slugs Orton down into a backdrop and then tosses Orton. Uh, Michaels follows up with some more punches and they brawl to the outside. Back in the ring, Flair tries to punch Sean off the top, but he gets double axe handled despite the interference for two. Orton reverses a whip, sends Sean into the corner, goes up and hits that move where you can't possibly hit anything ever. Because you just jumps far too high, <laughs> far too far. Straight into Michaels' boot. 
Super kick is blocked with an RKO, which should, should have, have been the fucking end, but only gets a two count. And that, I, I threw the fucking TV remote like down. I was yeah. so angry. I was so angry. I was like, how is that not I did, I brought and winning, and I thought that was it. Yeah, how, that should I have been the finish. finish. You're killing a finisher for the sake of some meaningless near falls in a match that doesn't really matter. It's third on the card. There's no title on the line. It's the legend versus legend killer where the legend killer gimmick is still not at its full fucking steam. Yeah. It's starting off. This is a start it should have started off by saying, look at me, I can beat a legend with one fucking finish. Boom. It, no, it's not. Um, the match fucking continues. High crossbody misses. Uh, Sean goes up with a flying elbow for two. Um, he sells as though he's hurt himself, but he was selling the right elbow, even though Orton was working on the left. Yeah. Michaels does that. <laughs> Fucking, that's your Michaels fire. He's still a bit of a knob. He can transfer the pain to him. <laughs> is that what it is? Yeah. Okay, babe, he's transferred the pain. Um, Michaels suddenly charges up with some switching music for the clean pin, uh, but Flair puts Randy Orton's foot on the rope. Flair gives Orton some brass courage, so to speak, and Sean tries to suplex him, but Orton uses the power of the punch. I love how Flair just, as soon as he's puts sort of his foot on the rope. He's just sliding Just like, sells it straight away. He's like, I'm not here. I'm not here. He sells it, he's not here. Can't see me. And Randy Orton can't gets, see me, Charles. Randy Orton gets the win in around 19 and a half minutes with William Regal's power of the punch. Um, I just hated it. I, the match was good. I just hated that finish. That finish has just put a dirty fucking sour taste on this match because it should have been the RKO. If if that RKO weren't going to be one to, to end it, fair enough, I've, I've Michael's blocked the RKO. But why is that and RKO then, now? It's for me, it's putting Orton into the category of the chicken shit douchebag heels of Jericho, Christian, Test. Well, you put them up against Triple H, they're going to lose. A bit later, Jericho gets in fucking Austin's face. And he's like, I'm going to, there's more than one way to skin a cat and all that stuff. It didn't look like Austin was scared one little bit. Because ever since Jericho lost the fucking world titles to Triple H, He's been seen as a dick ever since and not a serious yeah. main event competitor. And we're going to go down that route with Orton if we're not letting people... People need to start losing to this finish. People need to start fucking losing to the RKO. Simple as. It's a we wicked need, finisher. Young Randall Keith needs to be getting more momentum. He does. I fucking agree. I think referee... No! Referee said it. That Orton's foot was on the bottom rope before the three count. And Flair... Orton's got something on that right hand. I, I think. Oh God! Michaels hit right in the face. Michaels is motionless. Michaels is motionless. And Orton wins it. What the hell happened here? I cannot believe it. The referee. I. We we saw Flair put Orton's foot on the bottom rope. And I think the referee thought that this foot was there all along during the count. It wasn't. Well, the legend killer Randy Orton, by any means necessary, has upset Shawn Michaels with the help of Rick Flair but, and the help of something that he had in his hand. Put it in his, into his trunks after he... How many times did he hit Shawn Michaels in the head? I'd like to get another look at that. I, our fans of home may have seen what happened to Orton. I saw what happened. We go backstage to a bad and bruised bell ends. That's <laughs> crazy. <laughs> As Jericho approaches and saying that everything's Austin's fault, you didn't know you were going to put your uh, tiles on the line even though you have already done this a week ago. 
and it's Austin's fault. We need someone to stand up to Austin. Renee goes, yeah, but who? Um, je ne sais quoi. And Jericho goes, you stay here. I'm going to go and sort this right now. I'm thinking Un-Americans 2.0. Look at you guys. You guys have been through a war. You're a mess. You're a mess. You know what? This isn't your fault. This is not your fault. You didn't know this was coming. You guys didn't know you had a title match. It was sprung upon you at the last minute by Steve Austin, who is drunk with power. Just like I said, he's a bully, he's a coward, and he's a failure as a general manager. But what are we going to do about it? Yeah, what? You know what you're going to do about it? Yeah. Nothing. You guys stay here. You mend your wounds. Someone's got to stand up on behalf of the locker room. Someone's got to stop Steve Austin and his tyranny. And that someone is going to be me. I'm going to take care of this. Come on, Chris. All right, Chris. With you. Yes. I'm thinking Jericho is going to be the face for the wronged foreigners on Raw. And he's going to rise up against Stone Cold. And at our next pay-per-view, we're going to have Jericho. This, we're really not. That's just how, yet again, Steve Austin is getting involved with guys. He should have had a match with Kane. Yeah. We can't. <laughs> Are you ready for some puppies? To quote the king. Are you ready for some puppies? As it's time for our divas part. Our women's evolutions made me turn a corner mic. So from now on, the women are going to get seen in a different level on this podcast. We're not going to see them as divas anymore when all they've got is boobs. We're going to see them as women. We're going to see from the, the true wrestlers like that Holly. they are. Like it's Trish Stratus and the returning leader. It's not 2018 at all against actual fucking wrestlers-ish if you throw in armbars and head scissors as Gail Kim against Molly Holly. This is only coming to my head now. We're like a year into the, the, our timeline from where we started, mm -hmm. over a year now. Why does Trish Stratus make pointing look weird? Why does she look like she just come from a wedding? She always looks... I don't... I don't the outfit, she looks like she's... I don't understand Trish Stratus. When you're getting married at six and you're wrestling at eight. I'm telling you. <laughs> uh, I, yeah. The only good thing that Trish Stratus has got going for her at the minute is what she had from the start is that, my God, she can rock a push-up bra. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> do you know what really annoys me, though? Like, look at actual wrestlers that we've got here. Wrestling ability, take away thongs and boobs and bras and everything. Molly right, Molly Holly and Gail Kim. No, just in this match. Oh. So Molly Holly and Gail Kim. Right. But yet we've got the evolution pay-per-view has just happened. Yeah, Molly Holly was in a fucking battle royal. Mm -hmm. Gail Kim wasn't there. Gail Kim wasn't there. Ah, uh, that probably didn't help that she's dicked on WWE ever since she walked out. But yeah, Lita and Trish, probably the two worst ones of this four, are seen as like icons and fucking bars. For the women's division of today. And yet, the women of today wrestle circles around him with the little fingers. Vince. Fucking Vince. So the match itself, it's actually got a bit of a backstory. It doesn't happen yeah. that often in our women's division. Basically, back to when Gail Kim debuted. Uh, back on the end of June, uh, on Raw and won the women's title in a battle royal. Four weeks later, uh, in July 28th, uh, she lost to Molly Holly. And after Trish defeated Molly Holly in a non-title match on the following week, she was attacked in the ring by Holly and Victoria. Uh, where the fuck's Victoria and all this? I don't know. She kind of came and fucked off again. Uh, Gail Kim entered and fought off both Divas, appearing to save Stratus, but she would later attack Trish herself, uh, turning Gail Kim heel. 
Two weeks later, the evil Kim aligned herself with Holly to eliminate Stratus, and the pair continuously attacked Stratus for several weeks. And on the September the 15th episode of Raw, Lita made a monumentous return from injury and saved Stratus from being attacked from Holly and Kim, setting up the tag team match for this evening. Why not women's title match? <laughs> Does anyone know that there's a women's title anymore? Jazz was the last one that made that relevant. The, 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 the bitch is black. Uh, in our area, yeah. Uh, the bitch is you're, black. You're only fighting Trish. Where's Jazz gone? Where's Where's Victoria? Where's Jazz? Victoria's washing Stevie's pink pants. He needs to wrestle like three weeks out of four. He needs to fucking. They need. They're, they're soiled. <laughs> he took a beating off Goldberg. They are soiled, soiled. So the match itself, the babyface women clean house to start and get their own version of poetry in motion, sending the heels out, which was fucking awful. And may I add right now. Um, it didn't help you in 2003, and watching Evolution it didn't help you then. Stop punching people, Lita. They're more ineffective than Shane's, and Shane's punches were bad. Still are. Yeah, but Lita's, you know, well, Lita's fucking still are, obviously, as well. On Evolution, her punches were atrocious. Lita actually starts the match proper with Gale and gets a backdrop and a suplex. Trish comes in with a fez press, he gets her a one count as she chops away. Uh, clothesline gets two, Trish rolls her up for a two count. Molly then trips Trish up in an awkward spot and Trish gets worked over on the floor. Um, which, it's not a woman's match without a sloppy botch within the first couple of seconds, so it was kind of to be expected. Um, Molly bends Trish around a bit and Kim stomps on her. Uh, Kim gets her own dragon sleeper, but Trish walks the ropes to escape. Uh, Molly yanks Lita off the apron to prevent the tag and busting her lip open in the process. Oh, I that bit. Did you miss that bit? Well, it was nasty. Maybe the network is blood in it. Fucking hell, get it away. There's only a tiny little nasty lip bust, but oh, it's going to leave a, a little swell in the morning. Let's see. It'll turn into an ulcer. <laughs> um, oh, I just take care of that. <laughs> Molly cranks on a face lock to Trish, who gets a false tag to Lita, allowing a double team from the heels that gets a two count. Uh, Molly gets a backbreaker for two. Uh, Trish escapes a suplex and takes both down with a head scissors, but Molly cuts off with another tag. Um, straight away, there was this kind of build into Lee as the hot commodity in this. Yeah. She's the one that's getting the hot tag. She's going to be... Just return from injury. Yeah. She's going to one that's going to get the win, and she's going to get the hot tag, and it exactly fucking happens. Um, as I said, Lita should not punch people, and we get some sloppy head scissors for Molly. Lita powerbombs Kim, uh, but Molly then lays her out. Molly goes up and gets caught uh, with a handstand runner from Trish, which sets up the fucking horrible Lita Moonsault. I used to think that was one of the coolest things in the world when I was a kid. It looks like she's going to jump backwards onto the back of her head. <laughs> well, she's going to kill herself, never mind anybody else. She's going to kill herself every single time. And the women's match ends in 6 minutes and 41 with the return... Uh, Lita getting the victory. Where do we go from here? Book the book the women's division in the next four rows. Go from here. Yeah, up to the next pay per view. Right. Uh, Lita versus Gale. Mm-hmm. Uh, Molly runs down after the match. Uh, hits Lita with one style. Okay. Hit back at neck. Okay. Uh, Trish. Comes to save her, yeah. obviously, because they're both faces. Uh, but Lita turns heel. Yes, that'd be better. We never had a heel Lita. Well, we did. Ish. She was under a career. Yeah, when she was sleeping with Edge. 
but that was heel by proxy because like she was a heel in real life yeah. so they had to make her an on-screen heel people were screaming slaughter and stuff like that. Who's that? <laughs> oh, Holly that shot right to the neck and leave a hole in her neck yeah that's now what's that's disturbing to me what is molly holly gonna do yeah. oh i'll tell you what she's gonna do wind up on her head What a what leg strength and what, what, what this a reverse twist of fate. Oh, Molly Holly. How long has it been since we saw this from is Lita? She, Lita, can, is she gonna? Yes, she, she's fearless. Lita with a Lita song. Yes. Just him, the women's champion. Here are your winners, Trish Stratus and Lita. And that sign said it. Welcome back, Lita. Overall, then, so far, wait, like, halfway through the card. Um, it's not done yet. It's raw, isn't it? It's yeah. it's a parody. It's everything I was saying. It's a parody of a pay-per-view. Can we have spot done yet? Is it no mercy time yet? <laughs> Up next, for the honour of his mam, Kane, Shane, last man standing, equals... <laughs> Shane's going to jump off something really, really high. Did you notice Kane got premature power? I did. Did you notice... Shane had a premature entrance. I did. Always talk about premature. <laughs> Brings whole new meaning to the words, last man standing. Ah, 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 ah. Well, ladies and gentlemen, up next, this one is not going to be pretty. It is not for the weak at heart. Thanks to Eric Bischoff, the terms, last man standing. The fearless Shane McMahon. Will he be able to survive the seven-foot monster tonight? The fire burns within. Where's it at? Does that son of a bitch still breathe?
Look into my eyes when I tell you this. As long as I am breathing in and out, I assure you that I will be the last man standing. Who will pay the ultimate price? The following is a last man standing match where there are no disqualifications, no countouts, and the last person standing before their opponent gets up before the count of 10 will be declared the winner. Therefore, the last man standing. So, Michael, can Shano finally put a stop to Kane's petrol-fueled antics as he runs rampant over the Monday Night Raw roster? Well, you know, Shane, best in the world. The best in the fucking world. So how have we got here then to Last Man Standing? Basically, on the June 23rd episode of Raw, Kane was forced to unmask. This is how far back this feud goes. All the way back to fucking June. As he lost a mask versus title match with Triple H. Shortly after uh, Kane unmasked himself, Kane turned on and chokeslammed his tag team partner, Ron Van Damme. Three weeks later on Raw, um, during an interview between Kane and Jim Ross, Kane set Jim Ross on fire as he thought it was mocking him, which he probably was. Uh, the following week on Raw, after a match between Kane and RVD, that ended in no contest. Linda McMahon came out to try and stop Kane, but basically got the tombstone of her life on the stage. And then on July 28th episode of Raw, Shane McMahon made a surprise appearance, his debut on the R.A. Era podcast, yep. uh, by attacking Kane for his actions and defending the honour of his mother. Where was fucking Vince? The next week on Raw, Bischoff defeated Shane McMahon after Kane interfered and gave McMahon a tombstone pile driver in the steel ring steps. On August 24th, um, at SummerSlam, Kane defeated Rob Van Dam in an old barb match and Shane McMahon defeated Eric Bischoff in a no disqualification match. Thanks to Stone Cold Steve Austin. Thanks to Stone Cold Steve Austin. And we saw the debut of old uh, Coach Cunt. The following night on Raw, during a match between Shane and Chris Jericho, Kane interfered and performed a chokeslam on McMahon. Shortly afterwards, McMahon superkicked Kane into a bin, which was on fire and full of petrol or gasoline. And how do you know it was full of gasoline? Because it said it on the fucking can. Yeah, buddy. And then on September the 1st, our bollocks were frying... As uh, Shane comes out and gets hooked up to a fucking car battery and will never have any more children, ever. And then on the September 8th episode of Raw, Bischoff announced that McMahon and Kane would face each other in a last man standing match at Unforgiven. And the next week on Raw, after both men signed a contract for their match at Unforgiven, fucking Shane McMahon pulled out this announce table that he had in his back pocket, threw Kane through it, and that's how we've got to tonight. Probably the most enjoyable of all the yeah. builds because it had all these little elements thrown in and it has, it's been a, compare it to Test and Steiner which is a long-term feud that's still going where this was kind of a long-term thing because it did all start with, even before the mask, you can go back to when Austin was fucking slapping Kane saying, where's the old Kane? Hit me, give me a chokeslam. And we've got here now. Um, but yeah, I, I, I of all the matches... This was the one I was looking forward to because you yeah. knew Shane was going to jump off something. Even the crowd were going, jump off it! Like, jump off it! Like the, the, one of the last Last Man Standing matches I remember was uh, him and the Big Show in the end of the Attitude Era um, where he was the Hickory Dickory Dock and he was reading the stories and stuff like the Big Show. And obviously that was uh, Test that helped at the time. Yeah. Um, and Shane became the giant killer. Yeah. 
Uh, and it's just the whole of that was brilliant, but the 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 whole storyline of that, but the whole storyline of this is it's had an, a reason. Like you can throw in the the you've got little side projects of this where like um, Bischoff was after Linda, yeah. so then Shane went after Bischoff, Bischoff, but then that allowed Kane then to get after Shane. But it weren't just a Kane versus Shane in a handicap match or a tag team match, and to progress the feud like Triple H and Goldberg has been. Yeah, like imagine that much thought put into Triple H and Goldberg. That was put into this because this has had a lot of stories thrown into it to get to the point that we're at today. So the match then, Shane attacks to start with a chair and a flying chair shot gets Kane back up at a six count. Um, there was a lot of early falls in this or near falls. A lot of people getting up at six, yeah. getting up at seven early doors. Um, the, I, I think it was the precedent for how the match is going to be, and it really upsets me. And I said at the start, it's Kane should have been whooping Shane all over. Yeah. whooping him a simple chair shot should have not been knocking a man like Kane down should make him stagger backwards and then mo- exactly. Shane she's exactly hit, hit, to keep hit. him down Kane keeps trying to get back up the chairs aren't really having an effect oh no Shane puts Kane down again for another six uh, another chair shot this time to the knees and he uh, puts the ring post he puts K- he puts Kane's knee into the ring post Kane again up at six Kane casually shoves Shane into the crowd but dives in again and gets caught with a power slam which kind of didn't look great, it was quite sloppy um, and then that gets them back up at five, well Kane sorry back up at five Kane stomps away, tosses him into the stairs um, as I believe we've now kind of exhausted how many times can you throw somebody into stairs they're getting up at five, getting up at six throwing him into the stairs again, if anything they'll get up at seven back in the ring we get a chokeslam from Kane onto Shane o and that, but Shane gets himself up at seven uh, Kane charges and the ref is laid out as a result. Kane brings the stairs in because we obviously not use them enough and tries to do a tombstone onto them, but Shane reverses it into a bulldog which completely fails to make contact with the stairs. Missed by country mile. Yeah. Uh, Shane then puts the stairs over Kane in the corner and takes forever, setting him up to do his Van Terminator spot. Um, they kind of have to rapidly change the camera angles to look like something's going on. Yeah. But really, it's just Shane taking a fucking age to set everything up. Um, hits the move, looks terrible on TV, because the camera angle, it shows that the stairs don't even fucking move. So it's literally just like Shane hitting the stairs. But there's that much of stairs compared to Shane. The, sh- the stairs don't move. And surely, if anything, the stairs are going to take the brunt of all the damage, and Kane's not going to feel a thing. Kane could have easily pushed the stairs towards Shane. Away from himself as well. Yeah, yeah, boom, there you go. Fucking hell. So as he's coming, that would have been quite a good spot, actually. If he's managed to throw him, so they meet him in midair. It's like the spot at Survivor Series where in Roman Reigns. Reigns, where he spears him in midair. Imagine that, but it's stairs. That could, like, that kill so Shane. Good. It would have been so much better, but that would, like, proper killed fucking Shane. And it would have shown Caden's dominance. Very true, which fucking does not get shown at all in this match. No. Whatsoever. Caden looks... It looks like, because he does fucking anyone that way. Shane, who's not a wrestler, puts over a wrestler who's supposed to be so dominant as Kane is. It just doesn't make sense. Kane should be bumping around. Doesn't make sense. Um, Kane should be bumping around. Both guys get up uh, from the Van Terminator at eight. Uh, Kane then touches the Spanish snouts table onto Shane, but then proceeds down to the ground to find that Shane has moved out of the way. It's a swerve. Shane hammers back with some random piece of plastic. Did you notice that? I don't know where he found that yeah. from. And the announcers are saying, oh, it's just shit metal. <laughs> no, it, was, it wasn't, no. That wasn't even making the tin noise. That was just a bit of plastic. 
Uh, Shane then hits Kane with the boom camera. And then so gets about a close-up. Kane up. <laughs> yes, Kane up at nine. Uh, Shane drags Kane to the stage using a cable and slugs away, goes low and DDTs him on the stage. Um, Kane is clearly down and out. Why the ref isn't counting, I don't yeah, know. He should be counting. I don't know. Could it take Shane, Shane a lot longer than 10 seconds to climb that? To climb. For the moment that this match has been building up, just like any Shane McMahon match in the modern era, that you are just waiting to the point and you are trying to work out how they're going to get to that point where he's going to jump off something. And he does. He jumps off. But Kane moves. Kane gets the win. As you'd expect, 19 minutes 54. Shane, I ain't getting up from that. Um, what does he land on? It looks like a table. Do you reckon it's Could cardboard? Probably, yeah. Because Similar to uh, remember being year 17. But it's you. You saw it was weird though because you, once he hit, you saw a break of MDF or some form of fucking plywood. Yeah, or some very thin. I, like, granted, I imagine he's landing on some form of fucking inflatable. Yeah, do you know what I mean? But what's he going through first? Because it looked like it fucking hurt. Shane McMahon went down head first. And 
I'm not a doctor, and I don't want to prophesize what it is, but if this kid doesn't have a broken neck, I'm going to be the most surprised Oklahoma in Pennsylvania tonight. God, oh, but overall, as a match, not the way I'd have booked it. Kane should have been more dominant in that. Because it's Kane. Big red monster. In the space of three months, we've taken the mask off Kane, turned him into this dominant, scary-looking face for a fortnight, and now he's jobbing to Shane, just so Shane... Well, he's not, but he he's is. He's bumping for Shane. He's jobbing to Shane. Granted, on the history books, it says that Kane won. But Kane, what offence did he have in that? Apart from the the stairs, no, it wasn't. Uh, it was it was it was all Shane, and it was near attempts at tombstones, near attempts at this, all building to the point of Shane just jumping off something. And don't get me wrong, to see any guy jump off something at that height is is a spectacle. Even yeah. now, watching fucking Shane against Kevin Owens when he jumps off the cell, it was a spectacle. Yeah, but oh, Hardy, that shouldn't be. Yeah, no, definitely, um, but that shouldn't be the basis of a match. And that's what exactly that was. And yeah, this pay-per-view. Better or worse than Bad Blood so far. And we're at this point, we're halfway at this point during Bad Blood where you were as frustrated with how the booking's gone and how the matches have gone yeah, well. than you were with Bad Blood. I'd probably be the same. Like, it's just the shit. <laughs> it's just it's just a shit. And with no shit. It's just a shit version of Raw. And we've not got any shit. And we've not got any shit. Where this is the, yeah they don't even this is the where Rose is lost now because he must be annoyed because like he's gone from three minute warning looking like they're going somewhere but then Umaga was a dickhead and got himself fired with Jamal um they, so Rosie was no good as a singles they tried him with fucking and bugging that didn't work they've put him with Hurricane and he's not even making the pre-show he's not even making pre-show he's not they're, they're getting segments like we spoke about in the last episode they're getting segments but they're not getting any time. And what what was wrong? To, what what would have stopped them making the the handicap tables match into a triple threat tables match with the two periods? Or eight man. Live resistance. Fucking and bugging. We go backstage. Uh, Austin and Jericho. Their war of words continues. Um, Jericho he blames Austin for Kane and the resistance until Austin gets in his face. Um, He's like, take your best shot. He's like, if you're pissed off with me, take your best shot. And Jericho's like, I won't play them games. There's more than one way to skin a cat. And I loved Jericho's emphasis on the words that were coming out. He sounded... If Jericho was someone that they took serious, that would have been a fucking amazing promo. Amazing backstage segment. But it wasn't. But Jericho's been... Jericho, for me, in this era, at this time, on this day, is seen like Test. Yeah. Steiner. Mid card no more. You only came exactly. because you've been in there before. And this is it's disgusting if you think that Jericho, where he was at Vengeance 2001. Do you know what I mean? He was winning. Beat Austin and Rock in the same night. Exactly. And look, and then he went on for a main event program with Triple H at WrestleMania, which should have been the the pinnacle of his early yeah. career within WWE. Because he's still on the early. He's only been in WWE three years, four years maximum. Uh, 99. Four years maximum. And. Well, it wasn't even then. That was 2002's WrestleMania. So that was fucking a year and a half. Then just watch what you watched. Remember last summer in San Diego Raw? What you said to Kane? I quote, Kane, I want to see a monster. Well, you got a monster tonight. 
You've created a monster, Steve. And look what happened. More bloodshed, another massacre, another life ruined from Stone Cold Steve Austin. I hope you're happy. I know a lot of resistance is happy that you screwed them out of the tag team titles. You're just winning friends and influencing people all across the locker room, aren't you, Steve? <laughs> you know what, Chris? I done said it once, and I'm going to say it one more time. If you got a problem with me, take your best shot. Well, you're right, Austin. I do have a problem with you, but I'm not going to fall for your trap. I'm not going to make it that easy for you. There's other ways to make you crack than by hitting you, Steve. Get inside your brain. That's what I'm going to do. You're you going to crack watching. me? Yeah, you keep watching, Steve. I'm going to crack you. I'm going to make it as difficult for you as you're making it for everybody else. So just sit back in your chair, keep drinking your beer, and you can watch the monitor. And you can watch me become the new Intercontinental Champion tonight. Is that right? That's right. So keep watching, Steve. And remember, there's more than one way to make you crack. We cut to JR and uh, the King. And JR, he gets all sad and serious. Uh, and he says that he can't remember a time where he's seen anybody um, put himself through the carnage that Shane does. And he don't think he can ever replace the image um, of seeing Shane jump off right above my head. Folks, I'll tell you what, I've been, uh, King and I've been doing this a long time. Uh, we've both been in business uh, since the 70s. And I don't know how to describe that match we just saw. I don't know that I will ever forget the image of Shane McMahon standing on top of those, uh, that, that tower. Do we have that one more time? Can we see that? I still can't believe it when I, when I look at it. It's this is absolutely amazing. One more look Taking at this. this. This is the ultimate How many risk. How feet in the air is Shane? And look at, look at Kane getting out of the way and Shane's body crashing right, right through the floor of that, that the, stage. The broken body of Shane McMahon being attended to by the EMTs were told that uh, he'll be taken out of here in an ambulance. We hope to have an update on Shane McMahon, if possible, before we go off the air tonight. I have no idea what Jericho's problem with well, Stone what Cold is. What is, is that? He says there's uh, more that he's going to make Stone Cold crack. Well, in any event, a lot of guys have tried. The folks are ready for another championship encounter. Up next, I see title time. Vitamin C versus Rob Van Dam in a bit of a three-way, which is the, one of the weirdest three-ways I've ever seen in the WWE in my life. Yeah. It was every spot was intended for two guys. And it was always Christian that took the fall. So there'd be some three-way thing going on. Christian would disappear. He'd suddenly come back a minute or two later to stop what was going on in the ring. It was like Christian spent so much time on the outside in this match. Um, Quite smart for a chicken shit heel. Kind of. Kind of. For a Weasley character. But they didn't give him a reason to disappear and there wasn't no emphasis on him being chicken shit. No. no one spoke about him once he'd gone. He just disappeared outside for five minutes. Let RVD and Jericho do their spots and then come back in again. It's very, very weird. Um, build up though. It's not really been much of a build up really. Um, About a week. Yeah, it was more of Jericho wanted a shot at the IC belt. Uh, he was told, well, you've got to beat RVD. Christian came in with the belt shot on both of them. Double DQ, self, triple threat. Quite a simple build. Should be one of the better matches of the card. Should have been the opener, I thought. Because the crowd are pretty dead after that last match ended. Yeah, see, that's the thing. That's the thing. They, they've just been blown away by all the spots, especially with Shane jumping. You're now going to have a match that is sort of spot monkey-esque. Especially when you're throwing Rob Van Dam in there. Christian's a high flyer-ish. Jericho does some backflips now. Jericho does some of the high-flying spots. Um, 
ground and pound's going to be too flat for them. Headlocks are going to be too flat for them. Fireworks are fucking... That's going to pick them up. <laughs> um, but yeah, overall, coming into this match, I thought it might be... Uh, it might be one of the better matches. I was disappointed, let's say that. So the match begins. Uh, Vitamin C lay out with Van Dam to start, but he drop kicks them both and dumps Christian. He follows to the apron, but Jericho brings him with a suplex, but Rob reverses to put Jericho on the floor. Uh, back in, RVD kicks away at Christian in the corner and gets a monkey flip for two. Has a monkey flip ever been seen as a near fall? Like, would you ever see someone hitting a monkey flip and think that's what's going to get them the victory? No. <laughs> Never. Uh, a spin kick, but Jericho comes in with a high cross for two. Jericho and Rob Van Dam slug it out as Christian disappears. As Rob Van Dam ducks a high cross body and moonsaults Jericho for a two count, Rob kicks him down again, but gets tripped up by Christian, who was clearly checking outside for his cue and getting himself into position. Jericho gets a two. The double-team RVD in the corner and a double-elbow and choke uh, onto Rob Van Dam. JR declares that Rob Van Dam is tougher than a Waffle House steak. I've had Weatherspoon steak. Does that kind of compare? Probably the same. Yeah. It's toughness. That shit's even like, can I have the, the rarest, I want that to moo, Mr. Weatherspoon's chef. He will still make sure that can put a window through. It, it, it might be nice and soft and pink on the inside, but it'll be hard as fuck on the outside, like a fucking armadillo. So that's probably what a waffle house steak is like. I imagine it's like a Weatherspoon steak. An armadillo. Yeah, like an armadillo. Uh, Rob gets a double DDT on the heels and Christian disappears once again while Rob gets two on Jericho. Uh, Van Damme though sleepwalks through a reverse, reversal sequence with Jericho and gets a plancher onto Christian. It's one of RVD's off worse matches, uh, this yeah. one. I have a feeling that Christian might work in injured, hence why he keeps disappearing. Maybe, that could be a good shout. Maybe. I'll have to see if the old dead uh, date sheet say anything as we do the uh, next episode with the Roar and Smackdown. Maybe melts out on the fallout of this. Will uh, because it'd be a bit of a shame because they've lost Booker T, and now they're losing Christian, which are only two guys that wrestled for the IC title. Apart no, from these two, these two no. apart from these two now, who's going to be the Booker replacement? Who's going to come so close? Like Jericho doesn't need it. RVD does. RVD probably does because he's been losing far too many people for far too will. long. Uh, maybe, maybe. I think he will. Maybe. And then maybe have to put over you're uh, spoiling things for people Michael stop it <laughs> uh, Jericho he gets his arrogant cover for two which I, I love was, it but I the, love cra- it. the crowd didn't care I think it's going back to what you said I think putting this after the last man standing has had such a negative effect on the crowd they're like they're really not bothered for the spots that they should be bothered at should have swapped this and last man standing round at least yeah no no I would have had that I would have had that what I had this before last man standing yeah and then have uh, last man standing then then yeah. announces, then main event. Yeah, that would have worked. The crowd was still dead for the announcer match. Yeah, fucking hell. Who was going to be hyped for Alstow's Al return? Yeah, exactly. Uh, Jericho blocks Arana with the walls of Jericho, but finally gets the reaction out of the uh, very lethargic crowd. Um, RVD's goofy selling, though, kind of killed it. Um, it wasn't. I said this was, seems to be an off night for me for Al Van Dam. Uh, Christian breaks it up, thankfully, and gets a two. Jericho and Christian slug it out and hit the floor while Christian pounds away but gets sent into the stairs. Uh, back in, a high cross gets two. Jericho kicks him down and Christian gets the inverted DDT. Or, as JR calls it, the unprettier. I wish you'd stop calling that the unprettier. That is not the unprettier, JR. I know you've got a match in a bit and your mind's on other things, but wake the fuck up. He's having an off night. Hey, just. He's too worried about the match. His fucking livelihood's at stake. 
Christian goes up, but Jericho stops to get RVD off the apron, which crotches Christian. Jericho suplexes him, and everyone's laid out. Nick Patrick starts to count, which is absolutely pointless, and even JR points it out. It's it. I quite love how commentators, they always pick up when referee makes blatant mistakes. It's like when they know they're going to make a mistake. Jericho bulldogs Rob Van Dam, but misses the line salt, and Rob spin kicks him and gets a lazy rolling thunder for two. Uh, Christian comes off the top but misses and hits Jericho as Rob Van Dam gets another two and things are finally picking up. It's like the crowd are getting into it. The pace is finally starting to pick up as the match gets towards the end. Uh, Rob Van Dam drops Christian onto Jericho in a weird 69 position yeah. and then hits a frog splash onto both of them. Everyone's out and Nick Patrick starts counting again. Why? Ah, why not? Rob Van Dam gets a two onto Jericho uh, but then tosses Christian and brings Jericho down from the top rope. Setting up the electric chair from the middle, which Christian then turns into a stacked powerbomb, which was quite a nice little spot. It's always one, when you've got multi-men, always yeah. have some form of stacked Tower of Doom-esque spot. It to. always looks good. Always looks good. Christian gets a two onto RBD, but then a two onto Jericho. RBD spin kicks him out of the ring and then dumps Jericho, but Christian grabs the belt. RBD catapults him into Jericho and rolls him up for a two. Spin kick, he then goes up, but leaves the title with Christian like a fucking fool. And of course, lands onto it and gets pinned in around 19 minutes. Um, now, I'm an advocate of long matches, as I've said. I like, I prefer a 20 minute than a 5, 10 minute. Mm. Uh, but I would have made an exception with this one. I just feel like, I feel like we could have thrown all that into 10 minutes. But you notice Jericho holding the chair and Nick Patrick again. Telling him, can't use a chair. It's triple it's threat. Triple threat. There's no, I'll, he's not going to DQ me with a triple yeah, threat. I've all, that's always baffled me. Always baffled me. Yeah. But Rob Van Dam certainly got the advantage now. How does Van Dam do it? How is he doing it? Van Dam back on top. Look out, one for the low. Oh, here's, here's Jericho back with a steel chair. Jericho trying a cheap shot there. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Christian got his belt up. Christian got the title belt up. And throw it in the Van Dance five star blocks flying. And Christian wins it. Here is your winner and still the Intercontinental Champion, Christian. Well, it, it wasn't a pretty match. I'll be damned. I never. It was a hard fought match. It wasn't a catch-as-catch-can classic because of three men. Look at Christian. He's crying with joy. Tears of joy. Well, or either his mouth is busted wide open. Overall then, match as a whole. Uh, a triple threat of your top topper three mid-card guys. Like if SmackDown were to do this, they would have had Benoit, Guerrero and Cena. We have Jericho, Rob Van Dam, and Christian. That is like an old guard and a new guard, isn't it? Of, of yeah. mid-card talent in a weird way. But Jericho shouldn't be treated like he's being treated. We have two matches left. One of them is for the world heavyweight title. As it should be. And we get backstage current holder of the world heavyweight title. And I loved how the camera first panned to him, gently caressing and stroking his baby. Like, he's so scared that tonight is going to be the night that he's going to lose his title. But then he gets angry. And Triple H, angry promo, there is nothing finer. A lot of people are behind Goldberg tonight. They feel that Goldberg is the one guy that can and will beat you to become the new world heavyweight champion. What's your thoughts going into one of the biggest nights of your entire career? Let me tell you a story. It begins like all fables do. 
Once upon a time, in a strange land, there lived a great knight, so great and so powerful that he defeated every monster before him. He destroyed every dragon that lay in his path. One day that night, he fell asleep. When he woke up, he was in the real world. And you know what happened to him, Mark? He got his ass kicked. I don't believe in fairy tales. What I believe in is the most proven commodity in this business, me. What I believe in is the greatest wrestler alive today, me. And what I believe in is the World Heavyweight Championship. It is what I am about. And I will put my life on the line to keep it. Tonight, I end Bill Goldberg's storybook career. I don't believe in fairy tales. I don't believe the hype. And Goldberg, it's time to play the game. He says he doesn't believe in fairy tales. He believes in the most proven commodity in the business, me. The greatest wrestler alive today, me. The world heavyweight champion, what I'm all about. I put my life on the line to keep it. Tonight, I end Bill Goldberg's storybook career. Go on, Paul! Come yes. on, I'm telling you. Fucking, I'm all down for Get it. Get the shovels. I'm all down for it. Another one. We've gone through all WCW. Who's going to be after Goldberg, though? Lex Luger. <laughs> Stink. <laughs> it's not uh, if only. So, two matches to go. Up next, announcers versus announcers versus Al Snow. In Is this the highest on a WWE pay-per-view card or any card where Al Snow's been? Yes. <laughs> I thought it yes. was. To, to be the penultimate match on a pay-per-view? Fucking hell yes. My boss asked me to do something, and I did it. I was just doing my job. What the hell is Coach doing? Coach! I was just doing my job, and I did it. The Raw Employee of the Month! The greatest announcer in sports entertainment! JR, I got this one, thanks. his mind when I was filling in for JR what did I get in return you get the hit coach all I got was get out of my chair boy come on what are you waiting on I filled in so smoothly they didn't even know that he was gone you've got a cowboy and you've got a king what is this the village people why don't I come down there and stick that little award is way over his head here tonight. Coach, stop this nonsense. Jerry, just let him go. Let him out of the ring. I don't need your head. Get the back. Coach, show no respect. Hey, wait a minute. Oh, the king's head just cracked off that steel ring post. Oh, my God, I can't believe this. Coach wins. Coach wins. Coach wins. I'm going to 
I can't wrestle a damn lick, but I will fight your ass, and our jobs are on the line. You've got a cowboy. You're a joke. The winning team. And you've got a king. The broadcast team. You don't look nearly as bad as King does. I'm going to beat your ass. I don't know that you can get that done. Right here, right now, tonight. I want you. Business is about to pick up. The broadcast team on Raw. It's, it's a weird, weird affair. And how did we get here? Well... Coach were covering for JR, weren't they? Basically, Coach was covering for JR after JR got burnt. And he tried his best, bless he him. He did. And he came back and he was a little bit upset that JR just basically went, get up, fuck off, at me seat, daddy's home. Uh, and then obviously Coach, uh, he, he just did what was asked at SummerSlam. His boss asked him to be a cunt and he turned into a cunt. All of a sudden, Al Snow got thrown into this because... Core commentators on heat, aren't they? We get to the point now. Where it's going to be JR and the King against Al Snow and Coach, and the winner becomes the new commentary team on Raw. Now, did you like how Al Snow didn't get any theme music and he had to come out to the coach's theme music, yet JR and the King got separate entrances? Yeah, that pissed me off. Now, my what does everybody want? No, see, no. Al, can I remember Al Snow's heel music from 2000? When he turned on Mick Foley, he had the Mick Foley thing where he and Mick Foley went for the tag titles against DX when DX came back in, two, in yeah. late 99, 2000. Then he turned on Foley and he had heel music because he, he went, he turned himself from wearing jeans and his job squad t-shirt to wearing the black trousers that he wears on this and he had heel music. So does it, A, does anyone remember and B, why wasn't that played? Because I, I, I don't believe that they could have gone with what does everybody want because that's a face music. Uh, the match itself is very short, very sweet, very sour. Um, we get a shoulder block from, from Al Snow for two, um, a leg sweep for two onto Lola. Lola gets a fist, um, the fist drop, uh, which I thought probably would have got the win because that was like his go-to finisher when he didn't hit the power driver. Yeah. His middle and then he hits fist the drop. power driver. And then he hits the power driver. Before that, um, Al Snow, he cheap shots uh, Lola to come back and stomps away and elbow gets two. A rolling cradle gets two. Snow goes to the eyes and clotheslines Lola for another two count. Uh, Snow goes for an armbar, which is basically the crowd's breaking point so far as to putting up with the match. Uh, we kind of just get the it's like expect heat level of uh, fucking uh, mumbling. It's yeah. not booze. It's grumbling and mumbling and people not happy. Fucking good old weird. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Al Snow, it's a backdrop onto Lola. Uh, Coach though, he calls for another one, but Lola reverses it into a power driver that gets him a two count. Uh, Coso tags himself in and pounds on Lola and tries to do a Bronco Buster but misses. Um, himself. A hot tag, so to speak, to JR uh, after Lola, uh, Lola pounds on Coach down sufficiently enough uh, with a slam and a fist drop. Uh, the ref though totally misses the tag and, and Ross goes low onto Snow and punches him out of the ring. Then uses a couple of forearms onto Coach who screams like he was Spike and JR was Brock. Yeah. And then Chris Jericho runs in. Now I get this. Yeah, I because think it's anti-Austin, and that's it's it's pushing along that storyline with anti-Austin. Yeah, I'll fuck you up. Watch what I can do. Um, Jericho runs in, drop kicks Jr. The coach gets the pin in around eight minutes. Um, I said Jr. Look absolutely fucking devastated. And what even better is the the we get the promo for the next match from main event, and then we cut to Jr. and he's looking so sad, and he hits the Owen voice, yep. and he's like. 
well, since I were a little lad, all I was wanting to do is do this. And if this is, if we're going to go out, and then he kind of gets like his, his own, he gives himself an own rally, a personal rallying cry. And he's like, well, King, you've been like a brother to me. I've loved every minute. And if this is, we're going to go out, let's go out with a fucking bang. And they're like, yeah, motherfucker. Coach and Snow, follow this. And it's like, oh, thank fuck it is on this storyline. And we probably will see you next week. Like, I can't quite remember how long Coach I, and Cal keep commentating for, but I know Austin turns it round before it gets beyond boring. I know Bass Virus is about to Lord of the King. Uh, yeah, I'm sure we are. I'm sure we are. If it's, It might even be the build-up to Survivor Series, um, so we might have to put up with them for like four weeks. Sorry. Oh, I let us down. Well, no, you did not. We're talking about careers, then uh, I let our ass down, and I lost our jobs. Well, it wasn't your fault, JR. It well, was, I lost the fall. Obviously, I didn't see what happened, but the referee said and the fan said that Chris Jericho came in there and hit right. you. Well, for what reason? I have no... Let me tell you something. When I was a little bitty kid growing up in Oklahoma, I had one goal, and that was to be in this business. And it's a hell of a feeling for, for it to be over. But I'll tell you one thing. We've all done it. Every, every night I've ever worked with you, I had a good time. You're just like a brother to me. So we only got one thing to do. We got one match left. Let's make this the best son of a bitch we ever called. Because no matter what anybody says, it ain't about old JR. And it ain't about King. It's about becoming the world's heavyweight champion. That's what this business is all about. The pride to be the heavyweight champion of the world. So we're going to go out, folks. This is it for us. And by God, we're going to leave you something to remember us forever. I promise you that. Let's see how Snow and Coach follow this, right? Damn right. Come on, come on, dear. So, it is time for the main event. And did you notice, for the second Unforgiving in a row, the champ in the main event comes out first? Yes. I spoke about this, like, months ago. It should always be champ the champ second. Always, I don't care who's the face. I don't care who is the face. It should always be the champ second. Exactly. Exactly. Every single time it should be. No. No matter how big the ego of the challenger is. No, no. Who the, who the challenger is. 100%, 100%. And the countdown is on. Only one man left.
career left for dead at the hands of Triple H. got rid of Kane, we've RVD. got rid of RVD, we've got rid of Shawn Michaels, we've got rid of Booker T, we've got rid of Scott Steiner, we've got rid of Kevin Nash, can we get rid of Goldberg? We tried at the last pay-per-view, we tried, we handcuffed him, we all got involved, we made him fucking bleed. Orton eyed up that title. Oh, didn't he just, didn't he just, uh, well is it now time to finally say goodbye, I feel like we should be playing that leave the memories alone track as we build up to this because it is time with a tear in my eye to say goodbye to the 2003 reign of Triple H as world heavyweight champion as it is Goldberg versus the groin the game Triple H I can feel some terror rising oh oh uh, build up what do you reckon it's been long like every Triple H build up it's like every Triple H build-up can happen in a week. And then all you get is just the same kind of thing, but recapped, a little recapped, bit away, recapped or whatever, yeah. It's but just overall, been Goldberg versus Evolution. Goldberg versus Flair, Goldberg versus Orton. Goldberg and Orton versus Triple H and Flair, which turned into a handicap match. That is it. Basically, to, to cut a long story short, one month prior at SummerSlam, Triple H won the Elimination Chamber, as I said, to retain the World Heavyweight Championship. By last eliminating Goldberg, after the match ended, Triple H, along with Evolution, uh, Ric Flair and Randy Orton, they handcuffed Goldberg to the chamber and attacked him with a sledgehammer. 
The next night on Raw, Goldberg tra challenged Triple H to a match later that night. Triple H declined and said that he would face him at Unforgiven instead. Triple H then added the stipulation that if he won, Goldberg would have to retire from professional wrestling. On September 1st episode of Raw, Goldberg, Shawn Michaels and Main Event Maven defeated Evolution towards the end of the match or an attack Goldberg from behind and he was preparing to spear Triple H. Goldberg was able to kick out of the pinfall attempt, it on with the jackhammer for the win. The next week on Raw, co-general manager Steve Austin, he added the stipulation where if Triple H got himself counted out or intentionally disqualified, he would lose the World Heavyweight Championship right there and then. Who's walking out? If you didn't know what you knew coming in, as always, who's walking out with the title? Well, you know, Goldberg's got his career online, so... And I watch wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> so the match itself, then they slug it out, as to be expected at the start. Triple H goes straight for the eyes, only to get back-dropped. Triple H next snaps him and tosses him as Goldberg pops in and clotheslines uh, Hunter. Butterfly suplex sets up the spear, but Triple H uses the knees to block it, which is a great counter for the spear, just need a cunt in his face. Uh, Triple H works on the leg and posts the knee, but Triple H then hits the figure four. That goes on for a little bit longer than it should. I did find in this match Triple H kind of exposing Goldberg. Uh, Any match does. Any match that goes longer than five minutes exposes that Goldberg can't really but I think Triple tell H a story. Did it more. Especially when Triple H is one of the masters, and I've always said that with Triple H. He's going back to what I said, um, I've really on the last episode, I can't quite remember when I was saying about the five moves of doom. Like, Triple H really high. He doesn't have many. He doesn't have many at all. A couple of knees, a, a, a face breaker, and a pedigree. Uh, he'll do a figure four when needed. He'll spine do a neck breaker, a spine buster. But he doesn't have his own like unique arsenal of moves. Uh, but what he can do is tell a very good story in a match. And also, like you've just said, make his opponent look terrible if they can't keep up to speed with the story he's trying to portray. And it's exactly that. Even JR points out on commentary, Triple H is... A better Matt wrestler. Uh, Goldberg, though, he reverses the figure four, but Triple H drops an elbow and a knee. Goldberg blocks another one and fights off with more clotheslines and a snap power slam gets a two count. Goldberg tosses him while selling an elbow injury and ignoring the knee injury <laughs> completely. Um, not sure what that was about, really. Uh, they brought outside. Triple H hits the stairs, drawing in blood, because obviously Triple H had to fucking. Uh, <laughs> Well, had Flair to be. didn't get just Had it, to so. be. No, uh, I bet he was a little bit annoyed when Flair's on the outside and he can't bleed. It must really annoy Flair. Uh, it That's must... why Rock gets rallied. But... That was it. He just wanted to. He was desperate. The blood veins were popping in the head and he wanted to desperately fucking bleed. <laughs> I want to bleed. That's it. Woo! He just came out. Elbow dropped something. <laughs> uh, Goldberg hip tosses Triple H back in, but the referee's bumped and Triple H goes low. A DDT, which misses by a foot. Puts Goldberg down, um, which was a really bad camera angle as well. It yeah. didn't help the situation. Triple H goes for a pedigree, but gets back dropped out of the ring. He finds the old trusty sledgehammer, though, and it's Goldberg in the shoulder. But Goldberg spears him and finishes with a jackhammer at 14 minutes 56. It's Not selling the shoulder at all. Finally over. The world title reign. Dip your cap. Draw your flag. Pour a drink. Pour a drink. Sit down. It's been a ride. And obviously, Goldberg's stint doesn't last for that long and normal service will be resumed. But um, it's still weird knowing that we're going to cut open Raw tomorrow uh, with no Triple H wearing his baby. That sledgehammer conveniently under the ring. But there's no referee. No! Right in the jaw. Right in the jaw. Goldberg's down. 
It's like getting kicked by a mule. It's like a Mike Tyson right hand. With a, look at this. Look, right on the jockey. I don't believe it, but Goldberg is actually back to fear. Triple H taking a great chance of being caught with a sledgehammer. Goldberg getting rid of the evidence, but Goldberg hit the spear, ladies and gentlemen, on a bloody world's heavyweight champion. How is Goldberg back to his feet after being slugged in the chops with that sledgehammer? He's a damned animal. Goldberg is an animal. There's nothing like Goldberg. Oh, oh. the finish, Triple H on right now. Front face locked by Goldberg on the bloody champion. Triple H is up. Will it be? No. survived it! Sledgehammer and all! That sign said it best! Finally! Triple H has been defeated! Can you believe it? Goldberg put his professional life on the line for one chance to become the heavyweight champion of the world! And by God, he has done it! has climbed to the most, to the top of the most elite mountain in our business and has defeated one of the greatest champions in our business to become the heavyweight champion of the world. I, I can't believe it. Game over. You mark it down. Sunday, September 21st. 2003, before a sellout crowd in over 150 countries, Bill Goldberg came to the state of Pennsylvania and is leaving the heavyweight champion of the world. This I couldn't believe. Triple H, I'm sure, thought he had it won. Sledgehammer in hand, but out of nowhere, the spear, and then Goldberg with the final touches. Come on, Triple H. I still can't believe it. Look, one. Two, three. The Triple H World Championship era. King has ended. And the Goldberg era as being the man has just begun. Sum it up in a sentence, Michael. I can sum it with one word. Do it. Shit. <laughs> as always then, as we always do on these pay-per-view extravaganzas, best match of the night. Worst match of the night, and if Unforgiven was a wrestler or superstar, because Tony Wilson was never a wrestler, from, you can kind of be guessing what my answer is going to be, from the Ruthless Aggression Era podcast, who were they? Match of the night. Ooh, match of the night. Hard, isn't it? Worst match at night, announcer's match. Yeah. Best match at night, oh, probably going to say Michaels and Orton. The right person went over. Yeah, yeah. That, that's the well, have a, if, if that would have finished the way I wanted it to finish, that yeah. probably would have won best match of the night. For me, best match of the night uh, was the last man standing. Even though it was only built up to the jump, I just thought it for entertainment value. Yeah. It had them spots that make you go, fucking yeah. Uh, worst match of the night, Divas. Uh, sorry, the women's division, hashtag evolution. If it was a superstar from the Ruthless Aggression era, 
coach. Because? Well, it's not fucking good, is it? <laughs> Tori Wilson. There was loads of entertainment, but not much wrestling. <laughs> and that was it. We'll leave it there, I believe. Uh, Michael, as always, let them know where they can find us on all forms of social media. Everyone follow us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, follow us on Instagram, SoundCloud, it's at RAO Podcast. And until next time, where we'll be leading up to the next SmackDown event, No Mercy 2003, where we get Daddy, Daughter, I Quit. I've been Dave, that's been Mike. Until then, peace out, people. Ruthless aggression. It's my life, my time, my rights, my rhymes, my crime, my struggle, hustle, sweat, and my blood, too. A red, a smell, fear, I smell a lot. My competitors flex, yeah. When it smelled, I was hot. I want it all. Excess, the sex, and much success. Stress, I want it all, no less. So come on.